Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Well, greetings, saints. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, thank you so much, Lord, for showing us these wonderful things. Um, Lord, let us run after you the way the Shulamite did in Song of Solomon, just in love with you, wanting more of you. Uh, Father, we just claim it in Jesus' name. Thank you for your blessings. Amen. Well, we've been studying um, the truth about being born again. And I'd like to go into a little different area that pretty well teaches the same thing. I want to look at the bride. You know, Jesus is an example of born again. We behold him in the mirror until we come into that same image, the Bible tells us. And um, the bride, too has come into the image of God, both are born from above. You know, there's a false doctrine out there that really started with one of the daughters of the harlot church, uh, that the bride is the church. There is nothing in the Bible that teaches that. I know that the church has been given the position of bride because we were perfected through Jesus Christ. But, of course, when we exercise our faith in what Jesus did at the cross, it becomes manifest. And this is talking about manifestation. This is not talking about what we have by faith. Uh, we're here to bear fruit. The fruit must be born here. And um, Esther is a ex- good example of the bride. It's a parable of the bride who was chosen out of all the fair virgins of the kingdom uh, to replace the Old Testament uh, uh, bride, uh, which didn't uh, fail to appear when called by the king. We know that happened in, when Jesus came. And that's a wonderful parable. Also, we have Song of Solomon, uh, which teaches the same thing, that the bride is not the church. Psalm 45, uh, the bride and the virgins, her companions who follow her. She's in the kingdom first, they follow. Okay, so um, let's go back to Song of Solomon here and look at um, 6 and uh, 8. There are threescore queens and fourscore concubines and virgins without number. But my dove, my undefiled, is but one. Now, if you're looking for a spotless and blemishless bride, this undefiled one is it. (laughs) Um, And this is the Shulamite, as mentioned down in 13. The word means perfect or complete one. Okay, I undefiled is but one. She is not divided like the queens, virgins, and concubines. Uh, She's not, she is one. Uh, She's the only one of her mother, 
That's the only one. Her mother would be the church. That's what she was born out of. She's the choice one of her that bear her. Sounds a whole lot like Esther. The daughters saw her and called her blessed. Yea, the queens and the concubines, and they praised her. Oh, my goodness. Well, praise the Lord. Now, if you look at that spotless and blemishless one, you know what born again in its completeness is. Uh, everybody is entering into more or less of what born again is, but salvation is not only instant by faith, it's progressive by manifestation. Okay? Uh, John chapter 3 and verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except one be born anew, or literally from above. You probably have a note at the bottom of your Bible there. From above. And that numeric uh, translates that from above in the numeric pattern. Except one be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There are many of God's people who see the kingdom more or less. Uh, the more you're born from above, the more you can see of what is the kingdom and what is the difference between the kingdom and the world. And so um, uh, with that, I'd like to talk about being born from above and how this bride is being born from above. And I think I will start in Revelation chapter 21 in verse 2. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. It's being born from above. From God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. All right. He identified the bride as Jerusalem. Uh, let me say that Jerusalem was only one part of the kingdom, uh, a very small portion of what was Israel, which was the entire kingdom. Okay. Israel is the type of the church. Jerusalem is the type of the bride. There is a difference, quite a difference. Uh, just as the Shulamite ran after the Lord with such love uh, that the Lord loved her. and uh, But the queens and concubines were uh, not so infatuated with the Lord, kind of thought the Shulamite was a little bit fanatic. Okay? But no, that's the norm. <laughs> the norm is fanatic. <laughs> Praise be to God. Um well, just reading on, and I heard a great voice out of the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Who is the tabernacle of God? He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the tabernacle of God, and he is with us. He has never left us, right? Uh, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his peoples, and God himself shall be with them. Praise God. I'm going to go on down to verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit these things. Hmm. So overcomers are the people who come to the place of the bride. All right? 
And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. We already talked about the difference between sons and children. That's a different relationship entirely. The son is coming into the image of the son. Verse 8. But for the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and, and murderers, and fornicators, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, their part shall be in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Well, folks, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the church has a lot of these in it, and they still call themselves Christians. They don't understand. You have to overcome to be involved in that group we were just talking about. And he calls it the second death. Now, there's a reason for that. I mean, not all will totally fail and miss the kingdom. Uh, Many will repent and believe and be saved. But it's a second death. Uh, Now, we already know the simple meaning of that, but there's another meaning, and that is after the second birth, there can be a second death. He called it twice dead and plucked up by the roots. Some people say, oh, no, David, you must be mistaken. Uh, No, I'm not mistaken at all. There are twice dead and plucked up by the roots. He doesn't want, if he that overcometh, he will not blot his name out of the book. Revelation 3 and 5. The overcomers are the ones that are not blotted out of the book. We're overcoming wherever we are, hopefully, more or less. We're on our path of holiness unto the kingdom of God, as Isaiah pointed out. And uh, I'm going to look in verse 9 here. And there came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls who were laden with the seven last plagues. And he spake with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Okay, here's the bride. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain, great and high. This is Zion. And showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. So he said, come, I'll show you the bride. Here's the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, born from above, born from above. Now, in Revelation 3, I'm just I'm going to come right back here, but we're going to look in Revelation 3 for a moment. We see one of the seven churches in Revelation 3 and 7. Um, this is a special church. It's the church of brotherly love, Philadelphia, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. So uh, remember Moses uh, married one of seven daughters of rule, meaning his excellence, and uh, that is a representation of the bride. So let's go on down. Let's see. The Philadelphia church represents the bride. Verse 10, Because thou didst keep the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of trial, that hour which is to come upon the whole world to try them that dwell upon the earth. You say, well, David, that sounds like the rapture. No, it's not. (laughs) Not anywhere through the scripture, is it? He said he would keep them from the hour of trial. Moses went through his wilderness, just as an example. This is not 
you know, prophetic. But he went through his wilderness and went through his testings and his trials, and he met God in the mountain of God. And, of course, um, uh, when he went back, he'd already gone through those trials, but he was to bring the people of God to the same mountain. And, uh, of course, it was a trial for them because they'd never been there, but it wasn't for Moses because he... He'd already been through his trial. I want to tell you that the bride is going through her trials right now. And she's overcoming. She's becoming beautiful. That is because the marriage feast is at the, starts at the beginning of seven days, which represent years, just like Daniel's 70th week, which is the tribulation. At the beginning of the tribulation, the bride is ready to follow the Lamb. John the Baptist, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he said, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. So those first disciples who were ready immediately to follow Jesus when he came represented that bride. To try them that dwell upon the earth. I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no one take thy crown. Ah, she's got a crown. He that overcometh, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out thence no more. Abiding in the temple of God is uh, abiding in Jesus Christ. It is abiding in his name. It is walking in holiness. It is all these things. He will go out thence no more. That's a different thing right there because there's a lot of people that are in and out. There is no sin in Christ, we're told. Therefore, if a person sins, they step out every time they do that because there's no sin in Christ. You say, I'm in the body of Christ. Well, okay, but there's a part of you that's not. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. Now, what does that mean? It means that they are the city of God. They are, the, the next phrase says, the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. Notice the word cometh. When this was written, <laughs> cometh. Back when this was written. So, uh, you want to know what the timing of this is over here in Revelation? Remember, Revelation tells the same story over and over and over. It, and, and it goes back and it starts again. It goes back and tells you a different aspect. It goes back and gives you another aspect. It just keeps on giving you an increasing revelation of these things. People don't know that. The New Jerusalem is being born from above. Just like Jesus was born from above. Just like we are being born from above because he was the bread that came down out of heaven that gives life to the world. Amen. And that bread is his word. And as we partake of this word, uh, it manifests him in us. The more word we partake of, the more of him is in us because he is the word of God. Amen. So this is very simple. It's really not hidden very much. Uh, the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God and mine own new name. What is the name of the Lord? Name means nature, the word for name there, nature, character, and authority. Nature, 
character and authority. Now that is coming into the image of Jesus Christ, which we've already spoken about. Isn't that awesome? Okay, now go back to where we were um, in Revelation 21. And I'm going to skip on down to verse 23. And the city, which is the bride, hath no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine upon it. For the glory of God did lighten it. The lamp thereof is the Lamb. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 4 tells us exactly this, and it's on this earth because he's being manifested in our, quote, mortal flesh there. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, but we all with an unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. There's that glory. The glory of the Lord that lightens this body of people, the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord, the Spirit. The same image, the image of God, a revelation of the born-again body here. The glory of the Lord did lighten it. The lamp thereof is the Lamb. So that word manifested in us, by the way, is the Lamb. Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. And the nations shall walk amidst the light thereof. Of what? This bride. And the the Lamb who dwells in the bride. And the kings of the earth bring their glory into it. The kings of the earth, well, no, nothing abominable can come into this, into this city. This is not the physical city. This is the heavenly city. There's nothing abominable, that kind of kingdom, that comes into this city. If you look, for instance, at Revelation chapter 5, in verse uh, 10, it says, well, I'm going to back up to verse 9. And they sing a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and didst purchase unto God with thy blood men of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and madest them to be unto our God a kingdom and priests, and they reign upon the earth. They reign upon the earth. Wow. And Revelation 3 and 21 says, He that overcometh, I will give to him to sit down with me in my throne. In my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. So, you know, the kings of the earth that enter into the bride (laughs) are not the physical kings of the earth, just like most of Revelation has nothing to do with the physical. It's a parable. And it's a parable so that God can hide these things from the wise and prudent and reveal it unto babes. They bring their glory into it. The kings of the earth bring their glory That glory is the manifestation of God in them. Verse 25. And the gates thereof shall in no wise be shut day by day 
for there shall be no night there. That's right. The glory of the Lamb will lighten them. I mean, darkness comes it's in cycles, but the thing is, when you have the Lord, you're not walking in darkness. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. This is what can enter into the bride. Now, there are, of course, other things that cannot enter into the bride. And it says, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything unclean, or he that maketh an abomination and a lie. Oh, there's a lot of liars out there, for for goodness sake. We need to get a story straight before we spread it, you know, which is what the churches do not do. They do not look for themselves. They just spread what they're told, you know. But only they that are written in the Lamb's book of life may enter into the city, okay? And before we go on, I'm just going to point out to the that 22 and 1 is this river of the water of life. Where does it flow from? Out of this city. You remember when Jesus and his disciples and John pointed them out as the bride that was following the groom? Well, what Jesus taught them, they went forth and taught. Out of their innermost being, he said, uh, in John seven thirty eight and 39, shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit that they which believed on him were to receive. And he said, the words that I have spoken unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He spoke it into them. They spoke the very same truth. You can't go pick up your religious stuff now. They spoke the very same truth to the people, and it brought life to them, deliverance to them, healing to them, salvation to them. And here is coming out of the bride, out of the throne of God, which is in the bride, right? Uh, now, we'll study that a little bit later. But he showeth me a river of the water of life, bright as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street thereof, and on this side of the river, and on that was the tree of life. The Bible says the tongue of the righteous is a tree of life. Proverbs 15 and 4. The tongue. So it's proceeding out of the innermost being, out of the mouth of the bride, over the tongue. <laughs> uh, bearing twelve manner of fruits. That's the because of the twelve tribes, right? Yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And that's exactly what they did. And there shall be no curse anymore, because when you receive that word, that's what delivers you from the curse, when you receive it and act upon it. Okay, so I took that little side trip, but I want to take this one here too. Revelation 22 and 14. Blessed are they that wash their robes that they may have the right to come to the tree of life and may enter in by the gates into the city, which is the bride. Wash your robes. This is who's in the bride. Wash your robes with the washing of the water with the word because it is the lamb. It is the light. Without 
These are people who couldn't come in. Are the dogs, the sorcerers, the fornicators, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone that loveth and maketh a lie. And as we've said, there are many that do that. Okay. Because the Lamb is the truth, and the Word is the truth, and the Word is what the bride is made of, as we've seen. And in verse 17, and the Spirit and the bride say, come. Now, so the bride is inviting the people to come. And as we will see in a few moments, um, we, as we know, the bride sends out the invitations. She's not the one that's invited. She's already there, but she sends out the invitations, right? They say, come. And he that heareth, let him say, come. And he that is a thirst, let him come. He that will, let him take of the water of life freely. So we know what the water of life is. It's not what men say that counts. That's worthless. It's what God says. The only only writing on the face of the earth that has a perfect numeric pattern in every letter written is the Bible. You, you do best uh, if you're wasting your time in churches uh, and you haven't recognized what the church is supposed to look like, you do best to go and read your Bible. Get the light in you so you can see which way to walk. Okay, And so you can identify what the church really is. I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto them, God shall add unto him the plagues which are written in this book. And this is why God's people who are not supposed to be under the curse are manifesting being under the curse. It's because they're adding to the words of the book. He cursed that. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the tree of life and out of the holy city. They're not going to be in the bride. If you do ignore God's word, if you uh, make little of God's word, if you dispute God's word, you're not going to be one of those who is in the holy city, which are written in this book. Now, it's not, an, it's not an accident that the book of Revelation is at the, at the end of a book. Okay? God put it there. So you see, it's very important that you more than go to church. You get your Bible out and, and primarily devour, first of all, the New Testament. All right. So, wow. So we're seeing born again. From above is more than what they've told us. And, and, and by the way, um, when is this happening? And how is it that we come to the bride? Since it's a spiritual thing being born out of heaven, but it is being born out of heaven. Let's see what the Bible says back when Paul wrote Hebrews chapter 12. First of all, he gives a parable about people being rejected. Verse 17, he says, For you know that even when he afterward desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for a change of mind in his father, though he sought it diligently and with tears. Okay? And verse 14, Follow after peace with all men 
and the sanctification without which no man shall see the Lord. The church must be sanctified in order for them to be in the bride. Everyone in the church must be sanctified or they will not enter the bride. And verse 18, now he says, For ye are not come unto a mount that might be touched. So we're not talking about a physical mountain that he's talking about coming to. And that burned with fire and unto blackness and darkness and tempest. He said, you're not come to this physical mountain. Okay. But now in verse 22 he says, but you are come. You are come. Now, he was talking about in his day when he gave this teaching. But you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Ah, so God is building a spiritual kingdom that is being born from above. And those disciples that John said, spoke about, uh, he that hath the bride is the bridegroom. Notice the type and the shadow there for, for our end of the New Testament. They were the first to follow the man-child, and they followed in his image, and they went forth and did his works, contrary to most of the Christians nowadays. But that's what Jesus said Christians were. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. So if you're throwing away that part, you're throwing away being in the bride because the bride is a powerhouse. <laughs> but, but you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable other things that people have come to, obviously God's people have come to, and to innumerable hosts of angels, to the general assembly. Now that's what we would call uh, the type and the shadow of that in the Old Testament is Israel. The general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. So you have this general assembly, but then you have the bride who is taken out of the general assembly, just like the book of Esther shows. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Oh my goodness, same thing we just saw in Revelation. Uh, for if they escaped not when they refused him that warned them on earth, much more shall not we escape who turn away from him that warneth from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. So, oh my goodness, there was a shaking back then. You see that? A shaking. And what was that shaking for? Let's look. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more will I sh make to tremble not only the earth, but also the heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those that are shaken. Hmm. Why did I leave out things? Because there's no numeric pattern in things. The numeric English New Testament, which goes strictly by the numeric pattern, 
takes out all words that either, uh, well, it may take them out or it may, um, you know, uh, italicize them. Um, and this should always be italicized when it's not in the original, and it wasn't in the original. There's no numeric pattern in things. It's not talking about things. It's talking about people. Yet once more signify the removing of those that are shaken as of made. That's right. Things that have been was not in the original. It's not things in the first place. That have been wasn't in the original. It should be italicized. There's no numeric pattern in it. Uh, as of made. What is he, what is he talking about as of made? Uh, well, you know, it's not the natural man that inherits the kingdom. Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. A lot of things that the church does is flesh and blood. A lot of things that they build has nothing to do with the kingdom and its flesh. So these are things that are all going to be shaken and, and they're temporary and they're going to pass away. There's an earthquake that's going to take down every church building. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> In the book, right? Uh, of things that have been made, right? That those which are not shaken may remain. Well, what God is doing is he's shaking the church. There are things that can be shaken and there's things that cannot be shaken. And I'm going to tell you one that's not going to be shaken. This holy city that he's talking about right here. Wherefore, receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So what is really of the kingdom of God? Primarily, David and his ministry is being replicated. Christ is our original David, and but there are people who abide in Christ. Okay, Then there is the, the primary kingdom, which is uh, Jerusalem, which is what? where his throne was, and then that was over all of the rest of Israel. Now, there was factions and separations and things like that, but primarily that's the the simple truth. It was over the rest of Israel. Wherefore, receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace whereby we may offer service well-pleasing to God with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming Fire. What does fire burn up? The word wood, the hay, and the stubble. <clears throat> These are things that can be shaken. They're not a part of this heavenly kingdom. It's called the heavenly Jerusalem. Right? It's a heavenly city. What you saw in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of the good things to come. As we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says in verse 11, Now these things happened unto them, that is the Old Testament people of God, by way of example. And that word example is by way of a figure or a type. They were a parable. The original people of God, the church as it was called in the wilderness, was a parable of what God was building. The letter Comes, becomes the Spirit, right? Now, these things happen to them by way of example, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages are come. So, they 
Everything that happened in the Old Testament was for a type and a shadow of the real kingdom, the born-again kingdom in the New Testament. Sorry to sadden you folks that um, believe that was the kingdom and we're just stepchilds in this New Testament. You're wrong. So there is a removing of things that can be shaken. That's what we're going through. There's been a separation in the church for the last few years. A faction is removing people who are critical and angry and unforgiven. And uh, they, in turn, like Esau, uh, persecuted the true people of God. And this is all to separate uh, the, the bride uh, into who she is. It's all for the purpose of separating, of bringing her into this situation. Let's go back to Revelation 19, verse 5. And a voice came forth from the throne, saying, Give praise to our God. Notice they're saying, Our God. It's a voice of many. Give praise to our God, all ye his servants, ye that fear him, small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the voice of many waters. So what is this? Who is this sitting in the throne? Could it be the overcomers, as we uh, saw earlier? Revelation 3, 21, He that overcometh I will give to him to sit down with me in my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. Must be a pretty good-sized throne. Uh, I know that the bride is not um, at all nearly as big as the church, but still it's quite a few people. That's a pretty good-sized throne, wouldn't you say? Yeah. We'll look at um, Jeremiah chapter 3. How big is that throne? How big is that throne? Jeremiah 3 and 17. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. And all nations shall be gathered unto it, not into it, unto it, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Notice that the name of the Lord is Jerusalem. Uh, name means nature, character, and authority in both the Greek New Testament and the Hebrew Old Testament. That's a person who's come into the image of God, his nature, character, and authority. And that is, of course, by the power of God and through their faith. And they shall neither shall they walk any more after the stubbornness of their evil heart. And it goes on to say, In those days the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north, which is the land of bondage, to the land that I gave for an inheritance unto your fathers. Today, in these days, folks, God's people are coming out of bondage and coming to Zion, rebuilding the temple of God, rebuilding the city of God. It's a parable that they came out of bondage to do that. You must come out of bondage. Give up your religious Babylonish captivity and return to the word of God. And Back in verse 13, he said that you have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Return, O backsliding children, verse 14, says the Lord, for I am a husband unto you. Oh, my goodness. And I will take you one of a city and two of a family. Doesn't sound like it's the whole body, does it? No. 
and I will bring you to Zion, one of a city, two of a family. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass, when you are multiplied and increased in the land in those days, says the Lord, that they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither shall it come to mind, neither shall they remember it, neither shall they miss it, neither shall it be made any more. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. Big throne. David sat there, and now we see the bride sits there. And all the nations shall be gathered unto it, because out of Jerusalem shall go forth the law, the Lord says. By the way, uh, this is the place of safety. We talked about how that she was going to escape this bride. Well, go down to chapter 4 and verse 5. It says, to declare ye in Judah um, and publish in Jerusalem and say, blow ye the trumpet in the land Cry aloud and say, Assemble yourselves, let us go into the fortified cities. Set up a standard towards Zion. Flee for safety. Notice the bride's not under threat, just like she wasn't in Ahasuerus' palace, the king of kings' palace. She wasn't under threat. The, The people of God were under threat, and she was there to save them. Set up a standard toward Zion. Flee for safety. Stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and great destruction. A lion has gone up from his thicket and a destroyer of nations. He's on the way. He has gone forth from his place. You remember Sennacherib, that scenario in which he and and his beast army came into uh, Israel, conquered Israel, conquered Judah, came up to the holy city, (laughs) Jerusalem, and was smitten, 185,000 of them. They couldn't even shoot an arrow into the city. Why? Because that is a place of safety. When, When Jerusalem is holy and it's righteous, now there are other parables of her not being holy and righteous, and that's the fallen leadership of God's people. But when she's holy and righteous, have no fear. It's a safe place. I mean, if you don't need the curse to perfect you, you don't need it. She doesn't need it. So now we see what this throne, why there's a a multitude of voices coming out of this throne. And, by the way, let's go back there. Revelation chapter 19. Who is this? Verse 7. Let us rejoice and be exceeding glad, and let us give the glory unto him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. His wife hath made herself ready. And it was given unto her that she should array herself in fine linen, bright and pure. This uh, this fine linen, bright, is lampros. It's like a lamp, where we get our word lamp from. Lampros. Fine linen, bright and pure. There's that glory shining forth from her. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now, some people say you don't have to have any works. (laughs) By grace, if you've been saved through faith, and that's not of yourself, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For in Christ Jesus were we created for good works. It's not your works, obviously. That's the first work. 
But the second work is God's working in you. And the bride has God working in her. And she has this brilliant garment on called the righteous acts of the saints. Verse 9, And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they that are bidden to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, now the bride sends out the invitations. She doesn't get an invitation. She'd probably get pretty insulted if she got an invitation, right, to go to her own marriage feast, I would say. So who are these other people that are bidden to the marriage supper of the Lamb? I thought all the church was in the bride. Oh, no. Oh, no. Read down to verse 14. And the armies which are in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen. White. Notice it's not bright. It's white. This is the word leukos. White and pure. It's a lesser brilliance. White doesn't is not glory. Glorious like the lampros. Right? Oh, hallelujah. So now you see uh, once again that the church is not the bride. Do you have an opportunity to be in the bride? Well, unless we're coming pretty close to the deadline, and I think we're getting pretty close to it. Uh, And it does take a while, trials, tribulations, and being an overcomer. But God does do miraculous and powerful works, and we should always put our trust in him. Amen? So, uh, wow. You know, let me just read you a few more verses to tell you about this bride. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You see, Jerusalem was the capital city. David ruled over Jerusalem, which ruled over the rest of Israel. Okay? Until, of course, there was a faction and people were separated who went and worshipped the golden calf. And that's happening now, too. Okay? They're proving who they are. Um, And, of course, they made priests that were not of the Levite uh, lineage. And so they were not ordained. And they do that too. <laughs> okay. Here, here's another one. Psalm 132 and 13. For the Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. Is it not true that that's where it was, literally? Uh, yes. And uh, is it not true today that the spiritual city of Zion, which um, covers the globe, has no walls, according to what Ezekiel said? It literally covers the globe. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Her priests also will I clothe with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Another one. 50 and 2. Psalm 50 and 2. 
Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. There's your Shulamite right there. That's what her name means. Perfection or completeness. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined forth. There's that glory shining. Our God cometh and doth not keep silence. A fire devoureth before him, and it is very tempestuous round about him. He calleth to the heavens above, to the earth, that he may judge his people. Gather my saints, meaning sanctified ones. That's what saints mean, sanctified ones. Gather my sanctified ones together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Oh, my goodness, sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. Jesus said, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Another example, Psalm 15. Who shall sojourn in thy tabernacle? Hmm. Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? That's, that's a description of the uh, citizen of Zion, right? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh truth in his heart, because many people deceive their own heart, he that slandereth not with his tongue. Mm, oh, that just takes out a bunch of people right there. All the faction. Nor doeth evil to his friend. Again, same thing. Nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Again, same thing. In whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to interest, nor taketh reward against the innocent. People get bribed uh, to do bad things, don't they? He that doeth these things shall never be moved. And also, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. He hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto falsehood. Some people like to be deceived because, well, let's just face it. I mean, they won't, they're afraid that they won't make it unless they change the doctrine to suit them. Once saved, always saved or something like that, you know. Or uh, pre-trib all fly away or something. They, they, they tried to deceive themselves and have not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek after him, like the Shulamite, that seek thy face, even Jacob. Ooh, praise you, Father. Well, what about Psalm 125? They that trust in the Lord are as Mount Zion. Let's just face it, folks. Do you really believe the word of God? Do you believe all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them? Do you really believe it? Have they taught you not to believe it? Okay. They that trust in the Lord are as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. 
As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people. From this time forth and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the lot of the righteous. Oh, so they're not going under the beast just like the Sennacherib scenario. Right? No, they're not. They are free. So that the righteous put not forth their hands unto iniquity. And they don't put forth their hands unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that are good, and to them that are upright in their hearts. For such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord will lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. Be Peace be upon Israel. Oh my goodness, born again from above has its advantages. <laughs> you know, if you carry it to the the umpteenth, right? If you carry it all the way to the end. So once again, we're seeing that salvation is instant by faith. You, you call those things that be not as though they were, right? And it's progressive by manifestation. In other words, we're coming more and more into that position, if we're continuing to walk with the Lord, of the spotless and blemishless bride. That's a position that's given to us uh, in the beginning of our walk. But many go astray as soon as they're born, speaking lies, as the Bible says. And so, you know, there's many opportunities for people to go to the truth and believe the truth and stand on the truth and let that word be them. Uh, then again, there are those that do what they think prospers them in the short term. And uh, they're not willing to suffer their cross. They made a covenant with me by sacrifice. If you don't take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Notice those early first disciples that followed Jesus. They, they went forth all but for one, uh, the son of perdition, who turned against them. They went forth and spoke and did the same thing Jesus did. They were being born from above. Glory be to God. Born from above, like the bride. So you see, this born again thing has a lot more truth to it. And um, the simplistic way that the church describes born again uh, does it no justice and it motivates nobody to go on with the Lord. Just accept Jesus, sit down on a pew, wait for the rapture. No, that's just baloney, and uh, everybody's going to know it pretty soon. We know that this heavenly Jerusalem that's coming down is a copy of the shadow of the heavenly things, just as was told to Moses. And, uh, and what's in heaven is coming down because he taught us to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, glory be to God. <laughs> and so we are praying down the kingdom of God on the earth. Oh, glory be to God. The, the complete finishing of this kingdom, of course, is going to be at the end of the tribulation period. And, um, and then we'll see a replica of what the parable in the Old Testament pointed to. It only pointed to, right? Uh, so thank you, Father. Lord, 
let the people that are listening today receive all of your word. Go back and receive all of your word and put their trust in you and not add to or take away from your words unless they lose their position in the bride and are never able to enter there. As we have seen, those in the bride are born from above, as we have seen. Uh, they are coming down out of heaven from God. We are born of God, saints. We're not born of man. God bless you and keep you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good night and God bless you. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Can quench my thirsting soul, purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you